We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, on Saturday, um, 1st of July, to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. And a lot of you are probably wondering, yep, that's not Thomas Hall sitting <laughs> next to me. We have Lance Sanderson filling in for Thomas. Thomas is out. Um, it's his birthday, so he's he's out there celebrating. But yeah, Tom, uh, we have Lance joining us. Hi, Lance. How are you doing on this lovely Saturday? What to do, baby? My <laughs> hello, everybody. Uh, welcome in. It, it's it's not a Friday, so it's not the Valley Deep Divers, but I'm I'm glad to join here you with Ron and uh, and everybody here on Orange and Blue View. Thank you for having me, man. It's been a a long Saturday. Got some yard work and stuff done like that, but having a lot of fun just getting ready for the fourth, man. Glad to join you. Thanks. Yes, no problem. Again, thank you for joining, and you know, likewise, just you know, chilling, getting ready for the fourth. Um, you know, kind of a chill, yeah, chill weekend for me, but um. You know, just like everyone else, I'm looking forward to just that one day off in the middle of the week on Tuesday, um, but looking forward to it. So we have, let's kind of jump into the chat here. Um, we got Kevin Gray coming in here. He says, evening, Ron and Thomas or Lance. Big mile high salute to Broncos countries, DBFL, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Why, thank you, Kevin. You know, we appreciate you uh, coming in. And then he mentions here, KJ, yes. So we will definitely be talking about the news there for KJ Hamler. There's been some updates to the contract there, and we will get into that discussion here shortly. Want to keep it going here with some other folks. This is Bobby Robbie's coming in here saying, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, how you doing, Bobby? What's up with you? Hopefully you're having a great weekend so far. And then we got Mike S. coming in here, says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, how are you doing, Mike? Hopefully you're doing well um, on this lovely Saturday. And we have the man, the legend, David McGrath coming in here with a $10 super chat. Thank you, David, for your generosity. We appreciate you. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Ron, mystery host. (laughs) Dylan and Deacon Scott, number 27. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Buckham times three. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Again, thank you, David, for coming in here. We appreciate you as always. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the support, man. It's always good to to see you in the chat, Papa Bear. Um, and as always, man, your support is greatly appreciated by everybody here at Mile High Huddle, man. So thank you very much. Yes, yes. And then we got Dominique Martin coming in, joining the party. He says, hey, Broncos family, Orange and Blue View crew, what's up? MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Well, what's up with you, Dominic? We are doing well. Again, holding it down here on this lovely Saturday. About to get into the news here. Um, and let's just say hello to a few more. Um, and then we'll go ahead and get, get into the news. He says, Kevin Kevin Gray again. What's up, Lance? <laughs> All right. Then we got William Catalano coming in here. Says, I still think they should put Hamler and Mims for Kick return and punt return to be a double-headed threat. So yes, let's let's um let, let's kind of pause right there, Lance. So we want to kind of get into today's topic, which centers around KJ Hamler. And I believe as of yesterday, it was reported from ESPN's Field Yates that KJ Hamler, of course, your Denver Broncos 2020 second round pick, has agreed to a slightly tweaked rookie contract. 
So what that means is that the Hamler's base will remain the same, roughly 1.583 million, but he has a chance to earn $417,000 by receiving incentives. But an injury specific split was added to the contract. So that eases that cap hit concern that the, that the Broncos um, had. So basically it's a win-win situation when you look at it. Upside incentive for Hamler while still providing protection for the team. And as we know, with the injury history, since he was drafted, he's played in less than 50% of the games. Um, we all know he's injury prone, having hamstring injuries since his Penn State days, torn ACL, hip dislocation. Right now, he's dealing with the torn pectoral that he suffered in the offseason. And I want to say that the, the incentives are very interesting because it should serve as that motivation for Hamler to, one, stay healthy, right, stay available and stay on the field, and then to make the team. Because as we know, this roster is crowded with receivers. We really have a big receiving room. And, you know, the Broncos did send a clear message with the Mims pick. As both receivers, Hamler and Mims, do possess similar characteristics, right? They have that big playability, deep threat, quick twitch, speed. Lance, I know you had an article kind of highlighting some of that, kind of more focusing on the Mims. So I guess what are your thoughts on, on the Hamler contract situation, Hamler himself? And then could he be expendable with the addition of Mims? Well, first things first, I mean, it, you know, but your your thoughts have to go out to KJ Hamler just for not being able to stay stay healthy. And it's it's not only gone back to his Penn State days with the hamstrings. I mean, he he tore an ACL when he was a wide receiver in high school. So this is not the first time that he's had a, a major knee injury. So it's just it's just been an onslaught of of just major injuries for a guy that has a lot of talent. I mean, we don't know exactly what he runs a 40 in, but I, I guarantee you it's a sub four, three, like he's going to be a four, two kind of a guy take the top off the defense. Quick twitch is a, a very skilled route runner for a, a player of that kind of caliber. You know, you typically, you don't see quick twitch athletes like that still be able to run precise routes because they use that explosiveness to really create separation. KJ Hamler has the ability to do that. So it, it's really, it's really struggling for me to to try to and kind of honestly frustrating to to see him never be able to to get out there because I was a big KJ Hamler fan. That being said, like you said, this is a this is a, a big incentive for him to not only come back healthy to make the team and and to go and create that big impact because you know Marvin Mims. This was something I went on for months pre draft and then after the draft. I've said it even last night we were talking about it. Marvin Mims makes KJ Hamler expendable on this roster. If he doesn't, if he's not able to stay healthy, if he can't come back from this pectoral injury, Marvin Mims is going to be the guy moving forward for this Broncos offense. I mean, he he has. Again, good route running ability. He's a, a he's not a four two guy. He's a four three guy, but still plenty of speed. Um, plays a lot bigger than his body size is. He's he's got a really good catch radius, really good body control in the air. Uh, he averaged over sixteen yards per reception as a uh, as an Oklahoma Sooner. So he's got that. He's already shown that ability to take the top off of the defense and just be an explosive gadget play kind of a guy as well. So with with this restructured contract, it really makes me want to believe that they have KJ Hamler in their future plans. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we're adding this incentive for you, but we're making it easier for to move on for you if you hit IR because of these injuries. So it's, it is a win-win. It's a win for Hamler. Hopefully he stays healthy, but it's also a win for Broncos because they went out and they, they got a guy that has a similar skill set and they can move on from KJ Hamler, get cheaper at the position, and hopefully Marvin Mims can grow into the future of the position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, and, you know, we all love KJ Hamler. Try hard guy. You know, his story mm-hmm. um, was great, you know, with his grandmother and, and he, hearing that, you know, definitely does resonate. Um, so, so we're we're pulling for him. At least Broncos fans should be rooting for him. And it's it's very unfortunate, you know, as you, as you mentioned, going back since high school with 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 the injury bug just biting him. Um, and I hope with you know these incentives now kind of on board for him, he he does. And with new you know training staff and you know um, you know things like that, I think that could help. Um, with Hamler's return back to the field and making him at least more available and consistent to contribute. But again, he's just going to have to make sure he stays available and improve himself because Mims is out there waiting on the wings. And and as we know, Mims is very, from what we've seen, Lance, he's very durable. At least he was in college. Yeah. And, you know, that, Mim- that, that's that's the thing is, is that durability factor that, you know, with those characteristics, he can go back. Sean Payton can use him in all different scenarios. You know, he can be that that kick returner and that punt returner as they needed him to be. So, you know, he, he there's a definitely there's definitely a big clear message that's being sent out um, for Hamlet for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, KJ Hamler did have some some return experience at at Penn State as well. So he he has that ability to to be able to do so. Yeah. But I, again, this this wide receiver room is just incredibly talented and it's incredibly crowded. I mean, you've got Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, two big body possession receivers on the outside. You've got KJ Hamler and uh, Marvin Mims that are you know prototypical speed guys, prototypical slot guys. And then obviously we haven't even got to Jerry Judy here as well, who yeah. can play on the inside on the outside. He's really good in motion. He's really good out in open space with the football in his hands. An exquisite route runner. We all know what he looks like running the fo- with, without the football. And then you give him the football where he shows off that 4-4-1 speed and can take a, a slant route 92 yards to the house like he did against the Raiders back in 2020. So like, there's there's definitely a, a lot of talent here. It's just trying to weed out who is actually going to make this roster. And then we can't forget, you know, Marquez Callaway, who the Broncos yeah. brought in as former Sean Payton guy who has that deep speed as well. He was a deep threat for Sean Payton back with New Orleans Saints, Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lot of talent to be had here. And KJ really has to take a, another shot at this opportunity to make this roster, because quite honestly, I, I do think he is on the outside looking in. I, I, I don't think that this this uh, this contract renegotiation changes KJ Hamler's status on this roster by any stretch of the imagination. I think that if the Broncos can do something to maybe move on from him, if they can find somebody that needs to find a new deep threat due to a, an injury in training camp, KJ Hamler could very well be on the move for a late day three draft pick and just help build this roster up on the tail end of it. There's also another aspect to this that could be very interesting. Maybe a team needs another big body catch guy. And if Tim Patrick comes back from his injury, it makes Cortland Sutton expendable with that contract moving forward too. So it's such a multifaceted way of looking at everything. Like there's so many different angles you can poke this balloon and see which way it's going to pop. And I just think that unfortunately right now where we stand, KJ Hamler is on the outside looking in. Yeah. And uh, you know, Ever since, you know, the season ended, it's been floated that one of these, at least one of these Denver Broncos wide receivers would, would get traded. And, you know, mm-hmm. that that's that's still that could still be on the table. You know, yeah. it would start off with Cortland Sutton. But I would say that the the the, the lowest hanging fruit is Hamler just because, again, he hasn't been available. And to your point, a team could be looking, you know, as they get into training camp and as they get into the season, look for a deep threat. Um, guy that can kind of help and contribute but again it's are are you willing to to make that trade given his injury history right so that's kind of the thing some of these opposing teams would have to weigh um but we'll see um kind of want to hop back in the chat here um with Michaela coming in Michaela Israel thank you Michaela she says hello Broncos country I'm still on my trip but wanted to stop and say hey why thank you, Michaela. Hey to you too. And hopefully you're having fun on your trip. 
Michael Ronquillo, the man, up, the legend. Thank you, Michael, for coming in time and time again. You are always here showing your support. We appreciate you, my man. He says, good evening, Lance and Ron on Orange and Blue View. Go Broncos. Good evening to you too, Michael. Hopefully you're having a great weekend. Good to see you, man. We got another one from Michael here as well. I want to grab this because he would like to shout out Thomas Hall for his birthday. Say, I'd like to send a happy birthday to Thomas. Hope he's enjoying his birthday with his family. And yes, likewise, from my family to Thomas. And I'm sure not to speak for Ron, but from Ron and everybody here at Orange yes. and Blue View and Mile High Huddle. Happy birthday to Thomas Hall. Hopefully you're having a great time, man. And uh, thank you for allowing me to step in for you this weekend. I do appreciate it. But thanks again to Michael for your continued support. He is the, the true face of the the Mount Rushmore, the Mile High Huddles uh, podcast support group and the Super Chat superstars. And as everybody knows, Michael's down there in Tucson doing his thing, showing that my, that Broncos country is not a geographical location. It is, in fact, a hashtag state of being. State Let's of go, boys. Being. Hashtag yes. state of being. Let's go, boys. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Again, thank, thank you, Mike, for coming in. We appreciate you. He said, Mike S. coming in. Thank you, Mike. He says, if KJ plays well and stays healthy, He'll remain on the team. You know, th 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 that's an interesting perspective, Mike. I, It's really going to, to depend on how Mims performs. <laughs> you know, if, if Mims comes in and outkicks his coverage, you know, as we were saying earlier, I, I don't expect. And then the way this contract was structured, even with the incentives, I, I just don't see going into you know, his free agent contract year that he, that he will be on this team thereafter, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's, that's kind of how this contract was set up to make him, you know, expendable with Mims. But I, I do see some playing time, obviously, if, if he can stay healthy, but, you know, I would imagine behind Jerry Judy, behind Cortland Sutton, behind Tim Patrick, his playing time is going to be cut short. Um, but yeah, if if he can stay healthy, you know, he can be a contributor on this team. And, you know, going into his contract here, he can actually make himself some money. Um, so again, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, that remains to be seen. But again, he just has to be available um in order for him to take that next step. Well, I, I guess one thing that I want to kind of ask everybody in Broncos country and, and Ron specifically you on this, what do you mm -hmm. expect this offense to look like? And, and, and I know, I know that that's, that's like a very broad and open-ended question, but mm -hmm. we, we already know with what Sean Payton has said that, you know, they, they want to try to establish a running game. They want to take a lot of pressure off, off of Russell Wilson and they want to make, Make it easier. They want to, you know, accentuate the talent of this team. They obviously mm -hmm. went out and they brought in Mike McGlinchey. They went out and they brought in Ben Powers. You know, they, they went out and brought in Chris Manhurst, traded for Adam Troutman. And what do all of those guys excel in? Blocking for the blocking run. Blocking the run. Yes. Blocking in the running game. So this team is going to be focused on the running game. And yeah. when you go out and you bring in a Chris Manhurst, when you go and when you go out and you get an Adam Troutman, when you already have, you know, uh when, when you bring in all those guys, you're you're really looking at a team that's gonna be running a lot more. 12 personnel, maybe even 22 personnel. You, you bring in Michael Burton, the fullback slash tight end H-back kind of a guy who is a lead blocker in the running game. Are we actually going to have an opportunity to see 11 personnel or maybe even 10 personnel where you get four wide receivers on the field for KJ Hamler to be that guy? Uh, so that's, that's another angle to take a look at this. Like what is KJ Hamler's role in this offense right now? Because it doesn't appear that he has one. That's a good point. Um, so I, I would say kind of going back to um, your question as far as what this offense will look like. And I've said it before. It's going to be a heavy emphasis on the run game, Lance. Again, you know, in free agency, they spent buku's of money reshaping this offensive line. And those mm -hmm. guys, Powers, McGlinchey, they were brought in. I know they're good pass protectors, but they were brought in for this run game. So just imagine Ben Powers, Miners, McGlinchey, <laughs> Bowles. You know, this this is going to be a heavy, heavy run offense to take that pressure off of Russell Wilson. But, you know, Sean Payton's scheme is very friendly to the running backs also catching out of the backfield. 
So yeah. expect yes. Samaje Pirine and then Javante Williams to get, you know, those passes, um, to catch those passes essentially with some two tight end sets. And then you'll see, you know, you know, four wide receivers kind of going up the field. So again, you you'll see a mix of different looks and different offenses, but you know, make no mistake, this this offense is gonna be run very run centric, very run heavy. Yeah. So yeah, to your point is well, what what does KJ Amler offer? And I'm looking at it more from, you know, if you know those sets or those designs where you get those wide receivers open in space, you make and use Hamler certain situations, certain packages. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it's really going to depend on for me how Mims kind of develops. You know, yeah. because we can see. When we, when he was at Oklahoma, they used him all over the place, Lance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I can see Sean Payton doing doing the same thing here. So if Mims can develop, you know, I I, I don't see much. I don't see many plays being there for him. But I'm I'm with you on that. And Keith jumping in here, at, answering the bell here on the question. And anybody in the chat, anybody here that's that's joining us tonight, throw your thoughts out there in the chat. We'll we'll try to grab as many of these as we possibly can. But what do you expect this? Uh, this Broncos offense to look like our, our guy, Keith Brugman over there with the Denver Bronco roundup podcast, jumping in here saying, I expect this to be a run heavy team with bootlegs, giving Russ one or two options or run the ball himself. And I, I actually, I actually agree with that because I know everyone thinks of the Sean Payton offense in terms of this high flying, we're going to throw the ball over the field. Um, Drew Brees slinging the rock, you know, Michael Thomas on the slants, the big deep shots with Marcus Colston and Marquez Callaway, Emmanuel. Like that's what they all envision this, this offense really looking like just because it's Sean Payton. That's what he, that's what he's known for. But really when you go back to what Sean Payton did back when he first was with the saints, when they first got Drew Brees and they're really trying to turn that team around, it wasn't that. It was not that stand up in the pocket, we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. It was a very West Coast heavy bootleg system. Get the guys out on the move, opens up some passing lanes and a lot of crossing routes, a lot of deep over routes, a lot of dig routes and stuff like that. So you're you're going to see a lot of this. Keith, I agree with you 100%. The bootleg game with Russell Wilson, getting him out on the run where he still has the ability to throw the football while using his legs at the same time, throwing the football on the run is going to be a big, big priority for this offense. And he has that ability. I've been pounding the table for this for a long time of getting the RPO game, the, the, the read option game, you know, that where Russell Wilson fakes the handoff, takes it back the other way, the read option game of identifying the edge player, attacking him specifically, utilizing Russell Wilson's legs and his ability to not only protect himself, but get down, protect the football and and keep away from those big hits. That's what I really want to see from this Broncos offense. It just remains to be seen if we're going to actually see that. Yeah. And Keith, I I agree as well. Thank you for um, your comment. And you know, you've kind of summed up what, you know, Lance and I mentioned, and I forgot about Russell himself, you know, Russell taking the ball, tucking the ball and running himself. And now that he's trimmed down, we'll see more, you know, he did it some of it last year as well, you know, um, you know, at a heavier weight kind of tucking the ball and running, but I do expect that to be um, interwoven into this offense as well. So yeah, using his legs, you know, throwing on the run, um, Again, the RPO game, I, I expect maybe some of those elements coming in as well. So expect a lot of those variations um, in this West Coast offense. But again, it, it's going to be a big emphasis on on that run game for sure. Yeah. Uh, Harold Jean jumping in here saying, I doubt it's going to be as run heavy as y'all assume besides Pirine. And everyone else is a question mark. I think it's a 55-45 in favor of passing. And I, I think that's probably going to be about right. Um, it just – I know that I say a run heavy offense, but I'm not meaning like they're going to run the ball 60% of the time, like what the Tennessee Titans do, but it is going to be a lot closer than the 60, 65, 35 split that we saw uh, this last season with, with Nathaniel Hackett. So um, it, there can, there can be some give and take here. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic by any stretch of the imagination, but there is going to be a heavy emphasis on running the football this year. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Harold. And thank you for your comment, and your perspective. And yeah, again, it's, you know, the percentages, you know, we, we may be off, but again, you know, we're not going to say up 70% running, but expect to see way more running plays than, than we've seen. Just, just ex- again, they brought in the line or they reshaped the line for that. 
So just expect more running plays. So I, I would say more of a balanced attack, Lance, right? It's going to be, you know, a good balanced attack of maybe, you know, 45, you know, passing 55 run, vice versa, right? It also may depend on the opponent, right? So there are different factors and variations that are rolling in that, but they're not going to they're not going to shy away from that run game at all. I want to grab Gary Palmer coming in here. Thank you, Gary, for your super chat. You know we appreciate you, my buddy. Thanks, he says, "Hey, Ron, Lance, Scott, and Dylan, a renegotiated is better than a pink slip. <laughs> Go Broncos, buck them." Yes, Gary. You know it's 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 better than Tina doing your way out. So you know you can tell that the Broncos like KJ Hamler. Right. You know, they know his ability. Um, they're willing to, you know, work with him and, you know, incentivize him, making sure he stays out on the field. Um, so that that's very encouraging. And again, I hope he can stay off IR. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy enough to to contribute to this offense. But only time will tell. Yeah. And thank you, GLP, for jumping in here with the super chat. We definitely appreciate that, man. Your, your support is always greatly appreciated for sure. So uh Again, one of the most consistent guys up there on uh, the Mount Rushmore Mile High Huddle and the Super super Chat Superstars here for what we do at the Huddle Up Podcast Network. So thank you very much, man. We appreciate that. Yes. Got another one here, by the way. We got Troy Troy Booer jumping. Grab this one from Jerron. We'll get Troy here in a second. Yeah, sure. I um, got Jerron Washington coming in here. Thank you, Jerron. He says, Tim Patrick was a huge loss last season. He'll be a big factor this season. Yes. So if you haven't checked out um, – the articles in Maha, I did put up something in regards to James Palmer um, speaking in regards of how the team feels about Tim Patrick and his presence now that he's back into the fold, how it was missed last year. And, you know, Sutton, Judy, rave about him. You know, they said he can be the best athlete or the best football player, best receiver within that wide receiver room. And so, you know, you can tell that you know, in the offseason, Russ, last year, Russ and Tim Patrick were establishing that chemistry. And, you know, Tim Patrick was that reliable guy, as we know him to be. You know, Tim Patrick's going to more like he come down with the ball every, every chance he gets it thrown to him. So to have that dependability come back to this offense as well, Lance, um, having him not only being good on the field, but off the field, right, being that good leader that he is, you know, taking Hamler under his wing into his house, <laughs> you know, kind of being that guy to really kind of show the way and pay the way for these upcoming receivers. I think that was missed and you'll see his presence and you'll see that come back this season as well. Good point there, Jerron. Yeah, Jerron, this is a great point. And I, I want to go back to something you kind of touched on a little bit. And I want to elaborate here. Uh, you you said that, you know, Colton Sutton, Jerry Judy called Tim Patrick or said that he could be the best football player in the wide receiver room. And I don't think that that's a debatable, the debatable statement to say that this dude goes out there and he works his ass off as a blocker. He's very reliable as a, as a pass catcher. He runs really good routes. He may not be the, you know, the quick twitch guy that's like super explosive and take the top off the defense. Like he's a long strider, long speed kind of a guy. He's not, you know, the, the jitterbug athlete that, that, makes all the highlight plays, but this, this dude goes out there and he does the dirty work. Like he's, he's, they're not the same player by any stretch of the imagination, but I want to give you kind of the right mindset of what I'm talking about here. Mm -hmm. Tim Patrick is the Ed McCaffrey of this wide receiver room because Ed McCaffrey was never the most talented guy on the football field, but that dude did everything you wanted to, wanted him to do, and he did it with a damn smile on his face. And whether it was blocking for a guy, peel back blocking and blowing a guy up in the Super Bowl or going out across the middle, taking that big shot, making a huge catch, cracking his neck on the way down, blowing out the snot rocket and taking his ass back to the huddle and doing it. That's what Tim Patrick is for this offense. He's that mental leader, the, the guy that goes out there and is like, I am the one that worked my ass off to come back and, and just show you how to be a professional. This dude's a professional. This ro this roster needs to have a professional. And absolutely, like Jerron said, this was a huge loss for this Broncos team this last season. He's going to be a, a big factor this season. I want to give everybody caution, though. Obviously, he's coming off that torn ACL. Yeah. Might need a little bit of time to come back from that. He's done it before. This is the second time he's torn his ACL as well. But uh, when he does come back, 
I, I think that big things were in store for TP Streets because him and Russell Wilson, like you did, like you said, they showed a big chemistry in training camp last season, and it looked like he was going to be the guy in this offense. So uh, he he prototypes well as the Michael Thomas role, you know, big big body slant guy, go out there, just be reliable, catch you know a hundred passes this year if if, if and. Lord be willing, if he catches 100 passes this year, this means the Broncos offense is humming and ticking, and we're going to see some good football this year. So good point there, Jerron, and good point for you, Ron, for uh, for bringing up. Just he could be the best football player on this team next year. Yeah, definitely. All right, and then let's see what we have here. Going through the chat, got Austin H. coming in. More Hamler perspectives. Thank you, Austin. He says, I like KJ as a personality and a person. But the fact that he's missed half his games is just too much of a gamble to give a spot. And you you, you, you bring up a good point, Austin. And that that's that's kind of my gripe as well. Of You know, he's a great personality. We, we love his story. We love his characteristics. His, his football traits are great now this world. Because just you can't stay healthy. And do you want to gamble that, you know, especially when you have Mims? And obviously, I understand Mims is a rookie. Mims needs to develop. But, you know, you have Mims on the roster kind of waiting, well, waiting in the wings. Um, so I would say, you know, that's something that the Broncos will have to, to kind of consider, you know, after this year. And, again, the way this contract is set up, I, Lance, I just don't see KJ Hamler on this roster after next year. I I, I don't. You know, I, I, I have this feeling that Mims is going to turn into who we think he is. You know, he's going to meet and maybe even exceed expectations for Hamler to be moved on. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and like I said earlier, I just I don't know what role KJ Hamler and, and and to be quite honest here, I don't know what role Marvin Mims has based on what I believe this team is going to look like. If if Patrick comes back and is healthy and Cortland Sutton starts to show out, Jerry Judy's going to do his thing. You're, you're, that's your eleven personnel package right there. Th- those are the guys you're going to have on the field for in in those specific packages. That eleven personnel means three wide receivers on the field. Those are the guys that are going to be on the field ninety percent of the time in that specific package. So now you've got to figure out a way to to work in KJ Hamler. You've got to find a way to work in Marvin Mims. And I don't know that there's going to be a, a major opportunity for either one of those guys to 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 be the guy moving forward, at least in in twenty twenty three. And I agree with you 100% on something you just said. It doesn't matter what happens with KJ Hamler coming in training camp. He's not going to be on this roster past 2023. He may not even make the team. Like yeah. it's it's again, th- this this contract restructure does very little for me to believe that KJ Hamler sticks around much longer than a few months and there's a good possibility he's gone by the end of training camp and probably even before training camp um gets about halfway through. So mm-hmm. it, and it's unfortunate. I like, and like Austin says, I like KJ as a person and a personality, but he's missed all this time. He's still coming back off the injury. They drafted his direct replacement and they've got to find a way to get him on the field. So um, it, it's, it's just, it's a difficult conversation. One that nobody likes to have, but it's a necessary one. Yep. Thank you Austin, for that. Good perspective. Much appreciate it. We got Troy Boer coming in with a 999 super chat. Thank you, Troy. You know, we appreciate you. He says, Hey guys, I love that how much we run or pass will be dictated by the defense, not by the fact that we could only do one well. The key is being good at both. So the defense is taking one away does little. What are your thoughts on that one? I, I, I'll let you go first and I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. That's I, a good point, though. I, I like this point and Troy coming in here with a with a um, astute point and astute observation as well. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons why um, th- this Broncos team has struggled is be obviously because of the offensive side of the football, but it's never been because of the defense. The defense has always been able to keep this team in games, regardless of the offensive struggle. We know this team is going to be good at running the football. I believe that Russell Wilson is going to have a major bounce back season this year, like comeback player of the year uh, quality season. If DeMar Hamlin doesn't play a snap and kudos to DeMar Hamlin. And like, I mean this for real, when you die twice on the football field and then come back and manage to play the next season, you deserve every uh, award and accolade you get. But Russell Wilson, what he showed last year was absolutely the worst season we've ever seen from him as a professional bar none period. End of story. Let's move forward. 
this year, I think Russell Wilson is going to have that bounce back here, but it's not going to be because he's going to be put in these pressure situations. Like he doesn't need to be the guy operating the offense at a high level, throwing the football. He's going to be put in good situations because his defense is going to be very good. The running game is going to be very good. And then we can work in the play action passing game, see the moon ball deep shots that we see from Russell Wilson back at his time as the Seattle Seahawks. And that's going to make Russell Wilson so much better. This is a very astute point by a Troy saying that it doesn't matter how much you run or pass because the defense is going to be amazing. Like the, the defense on our team is going to be good and keep this team in quality winning situations. And you just need the offense to make a couple of plays. And I think they're going to do so this year. Yeah, I, I agree, Lance, for the most part. And again, thank you, Troy. This is a very, very good point. Very interesting perspective. And and I, I agree to, uh, to an extent. I want to add, so, you know, of, of course, our problem has never really been defense, right? We've always been top of the league, you know, the defensive side of the ball. You know, obviously, it's just always been offense. And with that, yeah, we're not going to be one-dimensional, right? You will see mm-hmm. us. We should excel in the run game. We should excel in the pass game. But the biggest reason why, and I'm going to be like my partner, Zach, <laughs> coaching, coaching, coaching. We have a coach now that is a brilliant play caller Mm -hmm. and with that at the helm just you know different play designs different schemes different packages certain situations you'll see different people lined up on different plays so that alone will keep the the defense of the opposing team guessing and then you know that'll also with the coaching style and scheme and play calls you know, dictate the flow of the game and how our defense plays as well. So I just kind of want to add that little nugget as well, Troy, to what you're saying. But again, your point's not lost. I, I agree that that the defense with that coaching should kind of help dictate and the flow and how we play well. We may, again, we may do more running than passing. We may do more passing than running, right? So I, I think a lot of that's going to depend on kind of what Sean Payton draws up just from a schematic perspective. Yeah. And if I'm, if I misunderstood what Troy was getting here, I'm reading, reading back that question is dictated by the other team's defense, not by the fact that we can only do one of passing the ball or running the football. Well, regardless what we were just talking about makes a lot of sense in, in this as well. So if I, if I misconstrued that point, Troy, I'm, I do apologize, but you also bring another point. We're going to run the football and we're going to be damn good at doing it because Sean Payton has always had good running games on the offensive side of the football. So it, it's it's going to be very easy for to see this team take a, a big step moving forward on the offensive side of the football. So, again, a two points on uh, all the way around uh, by you, Ron, uh, by you, Troy, as well. So uh, very good. Very good comment. Very good. Interesting insight to this discussion. Yes. Definitely go here. I got, else. I got, I got one really fast. I want to grab yeah, from sure. Michael, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to come at you, Mike, um, and and ruin your day like I did yesterday. I do apologize again. I'm not, not coming at you, man. You know I love you. Love your support, buddy. Uh, he says no more jet sweep handoffs to Jerry Judy. Yes. The problem is they never gave him the damn ball, so I don't know where you're coming from, man. <laughs> <laughs> they ran jet motion with Jerry Judy, and then never handed him the football. So. I I actually think that they should do that. I, I think that that's one of the things that they should do. And let's can we can we discuss this a, a little bit, Ron? I, I want sure. your perspective on this as well. Jerry Judy with the football in his hands is one of the most dynamic playmakers I think I've ever watched. And like going back to his time at, at Alabama, everyone wants to talk about the route running ability, his ability to create separation, uh, work the soft spots and zones and stuff like that. And just as a receiver, but they don't want to talk about his ability with the football in his hands and the jitterbug aspect that he has finding creases, being an angle eraser, something I've learned um, to, to kind of take an eye on and, and like uh, really focus on as, as a scout. Being that angle eraser, and what I mean is using burst, acceleration, and top-end speed to flatten the field and keep a defender from being able to get to you based on the angle that they are running. So as a a defender, you're taught to take an angle to try to get as fast as you can to a point where you can stop the runner – at the shortest point of yards from the line of scrimmage, right? Jerry Judy is what I call an angle eraser because he has speed variation and manipulation and angle and um, acceleration in his lower half that makes it so difficult for you to have a good angle to go and get him. Getting Jerry Judy the football behind the line of scrimmage and allowing him to use that burst and acceleration could be a 
big key to this Broncos offense, especially in the screen game. But jet sweeps is one that I'm really looking forward to this year. No, that's a good point, Lance. You know, when you know, that was evident even when he was at Alabama, you yep. know, how the, how he was used the screen game, you know, those jet sweeps um, as a slot receiver. And, you know, obviously the, the route running is the first thing that comes to mind for me, like at the top of the route, how he's able to just kind of switch you know, the direction to kind of make the defender miss. It's just, you know, a lot of receivers, you know, most receivers should learn or kind of know how to run routes, but his route running is crisp. It is, Mm -hmm. it is sharp. And, you know, his ability just to make those defenders miss kind of when he's out in that open field, you know, um, as a slot guy and he can take it deep too, right? We, We forget that he could actually catch these long balls. So, I expect him, I expect Sean Payton to just have those mismatches, use them in all of those capacities. Um, And you're right, the the Jets, we, you know, were just so predictable with us, you know, when, you know, during the years of Pat Sherman when we had him, right? But, you know, with more creative play designs, using all of the abilities of Jerry Judy can definitely help this offense. And then, you know, just get him the ball out in space and he's he's able to go. And then, yeah. you know, obviously we know what Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton can do yeah. um, as well. So good point there, Michael. Yeah, no more. It's laughable, but, you know, it's I can see it also still being used in, in the right way with Sean Payton this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Mike, I'm not trying to come at you, man. You know, I love you, buddy. But like I, I the. The, Zeb actually pointed out, Zebulon comes up, uh, you mean the fake sweeps that never actually go to him or affect the oh, defense yeah. at all? <laughs> like, so my, my, there's something that we saw with it, it only happened once, I believe it was the Dallas Cowboys game. Um, Jerry Judy ran it, he did the, the big overarm fake on the jet sweep, and um, this was uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, at the time was mm-hmm. starting. And and he did he ran a fake handoff to Javante Williams and spun around and threw Jerry Judy a screen coming off that jet motion. Can we get that? Can we get some creative play calling like that going on this offense? Because I believe that that play went for like 15 yards. Like in 15 yards, it doesn't mean like the, like that's a that's a huge explosive play, but that's a drive starter. If you can get the ball in Jerry Judy's hands out in open space and let him go create something, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm here for this. I'm here for all of it. I'm here for everything Sean Payton wants to do because it's not the random garbage crap that we've seen from this coaching staffs that we've got since Gary Kubiak retired. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Let me get back to the chat here. Got Jerron Washington coming in again. This, this is an interesting comment. Thank you, Jerron. He says, Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan will be a great running back duo especially for screen passes good point yes yes i again well we already know what javante williams can do right we've seen you know plenty of tape where he just mauls guys he you know he he's a brilliant hard runner and also he can catch passes so so we're already aware of what williams can provide to this offense and i'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad to have him back i'm pretty sure we all are Samaje Piran is also good. He's a well-rounded, very versatile back. Um, and I'm excited to see him in this offense. And to your point, not only catching those screen passes, but just catching him out of backfield. I'm also positive that Sean Payton will have him line up as a wideout, helping in the blocking. So, you know, you'll see, um, you know, the roles and such kind of differ for both of these guys. But you know, again, your point's not lost in the sense that with that one-two punch, um, again, kind of looking like the Alvin Kamara and the Mark Ingram one-two punch in New Orleans, you'll see that similar one-two punch here, Denver, with these two players as well. So, yeah, good point there, Deron. I agree. Yeah. We got a super chat that piggybacks right into that from Connor McDonald saying – um five dollar super chat so thank you connor first time i've seen your name by the way been doing dub valley deep divers for a while so first time seeing your name in the chat thank you for your support welcome welcome in uh hopefully you enjoy your time here hopefully you come back and continue added support it's 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 greatly appreciated but he brings out a very good question here uh piggybacking off of the javante williams and Spongy p ryan talk he says uh it seems like a lot of our season depends on javante's return 
Are you confident to say that he'll be able to be that difference maker after an injury? And Eric and I have our own opinions on this, and I, I'll give mine here in just a second. But, Ron, I, I got to get your opinion here, man. We've, we're seeing Javante Williams coming off of three torn ligaments and a four-ligament knee injury. Um, and that's a, that's a big major injury. Do you expect him to come back and, and be a difference maker after that injury? Not – not from the start. Um, I, I do think, you know, as what well, we'll have to kind of see again, looks like the Broncos obviously are high on, on him coming back than we are that he's a full go. But again, with, with the complexity of that injury lance, I just don't see him coming back from the jump and just, you know, contributing and being that guy, I, I think we kind of have to see how he feels first, kind of how he feels out taking that contact. But then I think once once everything kind of heals up and he starts to kind of find his footing, kind of doing the season, you know, expect for him to at least get close to what he was, you know, prior to the injury. Mm-hmm. So again, Connor, th- this is a good point in the sense that I don't, I wouldn't say that the first portion, I wouldn't say our season depends on his return because, you know, we do have some RJP Ryan and, you know, other capable backs um, to, to hold down the fort, you know, in the interim. But, you know, as far as being a difference maker, when he can get back to that form, and again, I'm expecting a few games for him to kind of really feel it out. They're probably going to weave him in, you know, kind of slowly but surely. But once he gets back to that and, and can really heal and kind of take that contact, Yes, most definitely. He's going to return to that form, and we'll definitely see what he can provide. And we'll have a, a good and robust one-two punch in Williams and Piron. So what do you think, Lance? What, like, what, what are your thoughts? I don't disagree with you, and, and it's going to take some time to get back, but I'm a lot more optimistic than I was a couple of months ago. And a big reason why is because we saw back in May Javante out there running some some position drills like you know he's out there actually moving around and showing not really explosive cutting just kind of getting getting loosed up getting into a lather and stuff like that but then OTAs he was also out there um working working some team drills and stuff like that I'm I'm not let me let me preface this by saying OTAs and mini camps and stuff like that don't mean anything in terms of like trying to take away like much information from what you uh, what what you're expecting to move into the season. Eric and I talked about this last night, where you, you're out there. Oh, so and so looks so good out at OTAs. He looks great at minicamp. That doesn't mean goddamn anything, guys. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. It, they're not playing at full speed. It's all installation. It's all against air. There's no contact allowed. So. I'm not quite optimistic that Javante Williams is going to be ready for the season based on the fact that he has a major knee injury, but I am a lot more optimistic he's going to return faster than I thought he was going to be, which was about the November area based on the injury because this is where you can glean some takeaways. He is out there at OTAs. He is out there at minicamp on the field, actually working and participating in team drills. That is something you can take away from OTA practices. Not that Drew Sanders is flying around all over the field and he looks like an unstoppable force as a linebacker. Yeah, dude's out there trying to show out because he's a rookie trying to make an impact on a roster that needs to have a lot of quality players. No, that doesn't mean nothing to me. Javante Williams getting some time at OTAs, that means something. So I have a little bit more optimism that he's going to be ready to go earlier in the season than I expected, but it's not going to be week one. I highly... I don't want to put a bet on it because I'm not a betting man, but I would say that I will I will change my Twitter handle to Javante Williams fan underscore one if Javante Williams <laughs> becomes the starting running back week one of this of the Broncos season. I, I I and I mean that wholeheartedly. I love Javante. I love his play style. I just don't think it's possible for him to be able to get there. It's a 14 month injury, dude, and he could be ahead of schedule all he wants to. But to get out there and actually run B football condition week one, probably not going to happen, guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting if if that does happen and you change your your Twitter handle. Just oh, I'll do it. I, it's 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 out there. It's out there live for everybody to know. And Ron, you follow me on Twitter. There's a lot of people that do. If Javante Williams starts week one, and and I'm saying starts, that means takes the first carry, first handoff in week yeah. one. Of the NF the, the 2023 regular season, if Javante Williams takes the first handoff for the Denver Broncos week one, I will change my Twitter handle to Javante Williams fan underscore one. 
It's out there. It's it's in stone. It, it, like, it's out there, guys. So if that happens, there's receipts. There's receipts. And if you follow Lance, you know, uh, come you, bring you, them you'll, to you'll me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mark, flag, flag the date, flag the time. It is July 1st at 6:48 Mountain Time. We we can go. Uh, like I'll write it down if I have to. I'm a man of my word. Damn it. <laughs> All right, we got Roy Osborne coming in here. Thank you, Roy. We appreciate you coming in with the comment. He says, What's up, Roy? Hey there, Ron and Lance. Just to add on, it's a well balanced team by all phases. Yes, yes. I agree a thousand percent, Roy. All phases offense, defense, special teams, everything has to be executing well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, check out the articles on the website. There's a few um, in regards to special teams. Um, that I put up there in regards to, you know, Montreal, Washington, and how, you know, the coaches are really excited to kind of keep him, you know, going and working with him. So, but yeah, Montreal, Washington has to execute it. You know, if he's back there doing, you know, the kick turn and punt returns. Um, again, you know, with with this new coaching staff, I do expect special teams to be far better because it has just been god awful for a long time. Um, but yeah, I agree. All all different phases. Again, with the defense, I don't expect us to take too much of a dip. You know, I know the quite big question mark is we have Vance Joseph, but I still think with the players on defense, we will execute. And then we got Sean Payton, one of the best play calls in the game, you know, on offense, running, you know, running, you know, calling the plays. So I, I do, Roy, to answer your question, I do feel encouraged that all phases will be balanced. And yeah, I know we have to see on the field, but mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more optimistic than I once was before. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really encouraged by obviously Sean Payton and his, his play designs is, is amazing. Like he's one of the best play designers and play callers. Everyone's like, Oh, play calling is um, you know, like, I can call a play or I, I can design a play, play designs. Andy Reid, great play designer. The thing that matters to me the most, and this is something that it gets lost on, especially with a guy like Nathaniel Hackett, because if you look at the play design of Nathaniel Hackett, what he was doing, there were receivers running open all over the place. Yes. Russell Wilson couldn't figure out how to, like, there, there were wide open receivers all over, the, all over the offense. The thing is, teaching that offense and then play sequencing. That's the big one guys Mm -hmm. understanding when to call a play, how to Mm -hmm. set up and design the way to get to. All right. We've got this matchup. I'm just going to throw out a a random one here. Okay. So we've got uh, Jerry Judy working in the slot against Trevon Merrick, who is a great single high center fielder safety, but struggles with deep over routes because he can get caught looking underneath on a dig pattern. Okay. So we're going to call a place called dagger. Okay. We're going to run a post on the inside and a dig route on the outside. Okay. So Jerry Judy running that post, we are isolating a Trevon Merrick and we are going to eventually get an opportunity where Trevon Merrick is going to get beat by this post play over the top. Okay. Happens a lot. It happened to cage is, this actually was a uh, a play that the Baltimore Ravens ran against the Denver Broncos and Hollywood Brown ran for a 68 yard touchdown wide open because Kareem Jackson likes to bite down on the dig route, leaving the post over the top wide open. Wide open. So what you're trying to do is you're going to now run this play over and over and over again. We're going to try to, you know, hit the dig, hit the dig, hit the dig. Eventually Trevon Merrick's going to break down KJ Handler, Jerry Judy, whoever's running the post over the top is now going to, we're going to work this into the offense and we're going to make Trevon Merrick bite down and sink his hips and get down into the field running vertically. And next thing you know, boom, we've got the post over the top. Start up the band. It's a track meet guys. Let's go. Let's have some fun, score some touchdowns. That's what Sean Payton brings to this team. He brings sequencing. It's not design. It's not the ability to call a play. It's how do you get to the one destination you want to get on this particular drive? And Sean Payton does that at a top three clip in the NFL. The only two players, the only two uh, head coaches that call plays in the NFL better than Sean Payton at any given point, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Those guys understand how to call an offense, and so does, so does Sean Payton. It's going to be a gas watching this team. Yeah, Lance, and that, that's a good point with, you know, the play designing and the sequencing. You know, it, you know, I watch Kyle Shanahan's offenses all the time as well, and just his play, just his sequencing, you know, kind of how he knows what the defense is going to bring and how he sequences some of these designs. And it's kind of all channeled through that run game. Like, it's so – 
it's so beautiful to watch, <laughs> you know, what Shanahan, what Shanahan can do from a design perspective. So you're right to see that, you know, now in Denver with Sean Payton, it's, 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 it's going to be a thing of beauty guys. And I want to wind down. looks like we're kind of reaching near the end here. I'm just kind of looking to see through the chat. Uh, let me see. You got one by Michael Ronkey. I wanted to grab, which is a very, very good question. Where did it go? Right here. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Again, no, we appreciate you. He asks, which play will happen first under the Sean Payton offense? So when we take the field against the Raiders and the home opener, what will happen? What do you think, Lance? What what play will be executed first? So this this goes back into my last comment and my my last little rant there. And thanks for everybody for like following through with that. I hope I did a good job explaining that. But uh, so long as it's not jet sweep, uh, tight end jet sweep to Noah Fant with an unblocked edge defender. Hello, Rich Scangarello. I don't give a damn. Honestly, I think it's going to be a running play. I I, I do think we're I I think we're going to see. Um, so uh, probably 14 handoff inside zone is what I'm talking here. Uh, inside zone running play off of the off of the right guard. You're going to see Quinn Miners, or maybe actually might be 15 handoff. Um, one of the two guards, you're going to see those guys go out there and beat the hell out of somebody. And it's going to be three yards in a cloud of dust. And it's going to be the most boring play to start off a, a regime, but it's going to be the most refreshing play because it means to me that we understand the assignment and we know that this this team needs to work through the running game. That's my prediction. Yeah. Again, thank you, Michael. And I, I agree. It's going to be you know to kind of help the team settle in. Yep. It, it, the running the running play the running game the running play is is the play to to kind of help them settle in. Um, it, you know, it may be some sort of handoff depending on who's there. It might be, you know, P Ryan or Williams might be a little handoff to kind of kind of kickstart. Um, but then I do expect doing that game, a couple deep shots as well. But yeah, I would say Michael, that first play is going to be more than likely a, a handoff. Yeah. Um, yep. That's where right. I'm at too. Yeah. All um, right. So let's see if we got anything else. If not, we can go ahead and wrap up the show. Lance. I do want, I do want to grab this comment really fast because I agree with it a hundred percent. This is also oh. a new name that I'm seeing. Um, for the first time. So free earth, yeah. free earth citizen, uh, new name. Thank you for joining us. Welcome and hopefully enjoy your time here. Um, if anyone is tough enough to, to come back from that kind of an injury, it's Javante Williams. And yes. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. If there is anyone tough enough to do it, it is Javante Williams. Like I said, I'll put my, I'll put my Twitter handle up there for at least a week, you know, and then change it back to my usual Lance S underscore MHH, but I will, I will change my Twitter handle. I, I think that he can be a, a guy that comes back from that, but Going back throughout NFL history, major knee injuries like that from a running back, there's literally one example ever, ever. It's Adrian Peterson. The, the one example ever to come back from a knee injury like that, Adrian Peterson, he ran for 2,000 yards. To expect Javante Williams to do that is laughable. Yeah. And I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Free our citizens. New name as well. Thank you for coming in. And I, I agree if it's anyone on this team um, that can come back, um, it, it's Javante. And again, he's – it's going to take, in my mind, I feel it's going to take a little while, for, you know, with conditioning, him kind of getting ingrained back into the fold. But, you know, once he's fully recovered from from that, expect, again, maybe not at that level, but close to that level prior to injury for sure to help contribute mm -hmm. himself. All righty. Well, we're at time, guys. So, again, thank you for joining us um, on this lovely Saturday. I had fun. I I'm hoping and sure you did too, Lance, as well. So it's a great conversation. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it, it's fun to be able to get fired up and have a little bit of fun. I, I, not to, not to be the class clown or anything. That's kind of my, uh, that's, that's kind of my thing is I, I like to get out and have fun when I'm not under the thumb of Eric Trickle. I, I gotta, I gotta dig my guy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's always, you know, it, it's fun to talk Broncos. It's always fun to get an outside perspective. You know, Eric and I have a lot of very similar opinions, but to come in and, and to be able to open up the, open up the, the lines of communication, have a good show um, and uh, get, get a different perspective is always is always a lot of fun so thank you ron for having me i do appreciate that i'm gonna let you send us off here but before we got to get out of here i do want to say see you all stay safe and take care have a great weekend a great fourth of july we'll see you guys on friday for sure me and eric will be back uh friday at six yes um and again thank you guys for your comments generosity tonight much appreciated 
And if you don't do anything else, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. Um, you know, we have a podcast every night. Um, so please make sure you tune in. Um, as Lance mentioned, there are different perspectives, you know, different opinions, um, and just kind of tune in to kind of be a participant in that discussion. And then also the training camp days um, are about to start here this like this month. And I believe Luke and Thomas will be out there. Um, so I'll get more to come on that. I think they'll be there covering the pod. And so you'll, you'll get a, a close look and um, more information on how that went. So stay tuned for that. Um, well, thank you guys. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a, have a great day. Talk to you later.